coming up on today's Locked On Dodgers. No game for the Dodgers, so we'll get into a little bit of news, a little bit about the NL West, and then talk about Dodgers Stadium. So that's what's on tap, so make sure to keep it Locked On Dodgers. You are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yo, 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 Dodger fans, welcome to Locked On Dodgers. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Locked On, your team every day. want to thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen of the day every day. And I want to remind you that we are free and available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked On Dodgers. Make it easy on yourself and subscribe in all those places and you'll never miss a day because you know we're not going to. And although I did miss a few days, Jeff was here, so the Lockdown Dodgers didn't miss any days. If this is your first time listening or watching, I'm Vince Sampaio. That's my co-host, Jeff Snyder. And we are lifelong Dodger fans just like you. We've also spent time covering the Dodgers in the press box and the locker room. But we're not quite insiders, which may be a good thing. And we bring you the smart fans perspective on your boys in blue every weekday morning. So go ahead and subscribe wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. And let's talk Dodgers. Jeff, uh, I'm going to welcome myself back since I'm the one hosting, but, you know, welcome back to Can me. I welcome we you are back, back to you. Welcome yeah, back. Go ahead. Yeah, we are back together and unfortunately no game to talk about, uh, but we do have some things to talk about regarding the Dodgers, uh, more specifically regarding Dodgers Stadium a little bit later in the episode. But yeah, I, I, I don't know if people, if you've been following me along, I went to St. Louis, I went to Kansas City, knocked two more stadiums off of my list. Uh, and I had thought I was at 21, but we went back and checked, and I'm only at 20, so I still have 10 more to go. Uh, but hopefully, you're going to be there in the next few years. Yeah, that's exciting. Uh, you're you're catching up with me. I've just got Minnesota left, but uh, so you got to see Bobby Witt Jr.'s first home run in person. Yeah, uh, I did. when I went to a game in Kansas City, I got to see Greg Holland's 100th career save. And uh, I got to see an umpire slip and fall while making a safe call. And I was actually on TV laughing at him in the background. <laughs> and uh, I got to see the giant or the Royals beat Madison Bumgarner, which unfortunately they weren't able to do a couple months later in the 2015 World or 2014 World Series. So, uh, yeah, but uh, August of 2014 is when I was there. So it's been a while. Nice, yeah. Yeah. So uh, we're moving on from that. Going to talk Dodgers. Just catching up on some news, Carson Fulmer in the span of the last week was brought onto the active roster, was then designated for assignment, and looks like he cleared waivers and has accepted uh, going back down to the minors for the Dodgers. So somebody that we could see uh, later on in this season. And, you know, even though we didn't really get to see him do too much, or, or I don't, he didn't pitch, right? I don't think, no, he yeah, warmed we up. Didn't get, okay, we didn't, we didn't even get to see him pitch. Uh, but you know, just kind of, I don't know. Do you, do you find yourself rooting for redemption stories at this point? Obviously, you know, we don't, it doesn't matter who's ends up being good for the Dodgers. Uh, but I do like the fact when they get these redemption stories, you know, we've had a lot offensively, Max Muncy, Chris Taylor, Justin Turner. Uh, we've had a few pitching wise, nothing like too crazy, but I find myself for whatever reason, uh, rooting for Fulmer, maybe a little bit more than some other guys. Yeah, maybe I, uh, you know, the, the Dodgers have kind of picked guys off so many different kinds of scrap heaps that, uh, yeah, this one would be, 
kind of new because they haven't really done this on the pitching side. They've, you know, Tony Singrani was kind of close. He was a, a top prospect who then just, you know, supposed to be a starter and ended up in the bullpen and uh, the Dodgers made something out of him. He was better with the Dodgers than he had been anywhere else. Uh, also a, a former red like, like Fulmer is. Um, so that might be the closest parallel. And I definitely was rooting for Singrani. Um, mostly it's just, I mean, Fulmer looked really good in spring training. And so I'm excited to see what he can do. Uh, I was a little nervous when the Dodgers DFA'd him to, to get him back off the 40 man roster. Uh, I, I assume they had a pretty good idea that nobody was going to claim him. Um, because it would be kind of weird. The Dodgers signed him to a minor league contract. He hasn't pitched in the big leagues yet. He's been solid in AAA this year, but like uh, 231 ERA and 11 and two-thirds innings. He's been solid, but probably not enough to convince anybody yet that he that they want to use a 40-man roster spot on him. So uh, it, it was kind of weird that they did call him up in that situation when it could have been you know any other relief pitcher uh, and, and you know then not used him at all. But uh, ultimately, I, I'm really glad that he cleared through and is still in the organization because I do think uh, it's entirely possible. I guess Brandon Morrow was another guy, kind of in that Tony Singrano, Tony Singrani mold. Uh, I, I'd love to see if Carson Fulmer could end up like Tony, uh, Brandon Morrow. And Morrow didn't make his Dodgers debut till Memorial Day that year, and so you know that that actually might be a, a better parallel. Just the uh, t- former top draft pick, right-handed pitcher, former starter turned reliever. Uh, sign on a minor league deal. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think I just decided that uh, Carson Fulmer will be exactly like Brendan Morrow this year. So that's that's good. Uh, congratulations gonna, to us. Yeah, now he's going to turn that down. Uh, next part, moving on, talking about the NL West. The NL West is the only division right now uh, with the Max clinging at 500 with all five teams at 500 or better. And, you know, not necessarily, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily think the Rockies – and the D-backs, for that matter, are going to be near 500 by the end of this. But we're a month in, uh, almost exactly. This It's four Thursdays ago that the season started. And, you know, we're looking at the Dodgers in the top of the NOS right now. The Padres right behind them. And then you got technically the Rockies right behind them. Well, not technically. They are right behind them. Uh, and then the Giants right behind the, right behind the Rockies. But just a quick you know, set up just obviously I, I don't think we either one of us believe in the Rockies, but do either one of us believe in these Padres? Uh, I, I do think the Padres are a good team and a lot of it comes down to I'm, Manny Machado is not going to continue to hit as well as he is currently, but Manny Machado is a very good hitter. Flip side of that is Eric Hosmer is also not going to continue to hit as well as he is because he's not actually a very good hitter. Uh, you know, a lot of it might come down to how good Tatis is when he comes back. You know, if, if he comes back this year, I assume he will. Um, we'll have to see how he plays. Obviously, their defense will probably get worse when he comes back um, since he made 964,000 errors last year. And this year, the Padres don't make errors. And so it'll be a hit defensively, but obviously he's a better, when he's healthy, he's a better offensive player than whoever's been replacing him. Uh, and, you know, can their pitching stay healthy? So, I think the Padres are for real-ish. I, I think, you know, what I said before the season was I expect the Padres and Giants to have a pretty hard-fought battle for second place in the division. And I don't think I've seen anything that has totally dissuaded me from that that basic idea. I think that's about where I still am. 
Yeah, and it's, you know, the same thing for the Padres. Obviously, they haven't added to that depth uh, that we kind of talked about for the season. You know, I don't know. C.J. Abrams is having a tough time at the play, but he is better defensively. I'm not sure if when Tatis comes back, if there's plans to maybe keep him in outfield. He played a little bit outfield in the past due to other injuries. You know, I don't think Will Myers has been hitting that well. So, they, you know, Profar has been decent. Grisham actually has not been good uh, offensively for a while now. So, they, ha- they still have their issues, and I think their starting pitching is obviously where they're gonna where they're gonna want to live. That's their bread and butter. You know, they got you Darvish, they got Blake Snell coming back. Although Blake, Blake Snell didn't uh, give up a home run to Diego Cartaya, so hopefully we see that in, um, maybe next season or in a couple of years in real life up in the Dodgers. But Mike Clevenger came back, and you know they they are looking to trade Denison Lamette now in order to maybe get a utility type guy to kind of fill in and, and bring something there. I don't know if they're going to end up getting that, but yeah, for me, it's the same because they're, you know, they're one Machado injury away or even a Cronenworth or, or anybody really, even if they're not hitting that well, they're one injury away from, you know, somebody, you know, no offense to Matt Beatty, but Matt Beatty playing an everyday role, maybe in a, in a position spot and you lose a little bit defensively there as well. Luke Voigt's been hurt. So I don't think they're, you know, quite there in terms of competing with the Dodgers, but uh, it does make everything a little bit more fun when they are competing. You know, even though last year, you know, we, we say that in last year, maybe wasn't as fun uh, going toe for toe with the Giants and ended up losing to them by one game. But that was one of the first, I mean, 2018 counts, even though that was kind of a weird year. But other than that, the Dodgers haven't really had that wire to wire. You have to watch every game until the end of the season type of type of year. Yeah, and I noticed the the series the Dodgers played with the Padres this year uh, lacked some of that intensity that last year's did on the fan side, and so it would be nice if the Padres can can keep this going for another month or so to really kind of cement that that they're actually serious about about the division. Yeah, we're going to talk about Dodger Stadium. We had a question from a list or a few questions from a listener, and we love talking about Dodger Stadium. We're going to get into that. First, talk about Bill Bar because, you know, summer's coming and maybe you want to – there's different ways. You can want your summer body. You can want to have a snack for the summer. You can want something to feed people or your kids or whoever when you're on the go, when you're on vacation, when you're at the beach. Whatever it is, Bill Bar can help you do that. You don't have to sacrifice deliciousness for healthiness. You can get it all with Bill Bars, and you can go to Bill.com and check it all out. They got built bars. They got built puffs, which are marshmallow infused protein. They're all good for you. They all got low calorie, low sugar, low carbs, high protein, high fiber, a bunch of different flavors are always changing flavors. You can get a mix box, try a bunch of different flavors. There's really no downside to built bar other than you don't have it in your house or your establishment already. And even better, you can get 15% off your order right now. If you go to built.com and use the promo code locked 15, that's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. And while chocolate is a way to a special person in your life, uh, a, a more expensive way to the, get that special person in your life happy is fine jewelry. And everyday fine jewelry can be found at BlueNile.com. They can help you celebrate all of life's special moments from creating the custom engagement ring of her dreams to gifting a classic and timeless jewelry piece all at prices you won't find at a traditional jeweler. Please focus your time and attention on BlueNile.com and check it out. Jewelry typically given as a gift. Uh, Mother's Day is coming up. 
You may have a wife who is a mother to your children. You may have a girlfriend, mother to your children, a mother-in-law, grandmother, your own mother, whatever it is. Uh, BlueNow.com can help you out. And not only can they help you out by providing these rings and things at great prices, but they can even help you choose it because they have jewelry experts on hand 24-7 available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. So this Mother's Day, give mom something she'll treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNow.com. And Locked On Dodgers listeners can get $50 off $500 right now with this podcast exclusive code Locked On. It's only good through Mother's Day, which is this Sunday, so make sure to get it now. That's code locked on. And remember that every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. So stop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. All right. Thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen of the day every day. Make sure to check out the Locked On Now podcast with recaps of MLB games with analysis from our local experts. Locked On now podcast takes you through the season like no other network can free and available wherever you get podcasts all right jeff so we're going to talk about dodger stadium we got a question we got some questions from a listener uh which is big thank you for that we always accept questions and yeah jeff i think believe you have the question in front of you so if you want to ask the first one yeah, so this is from Benjamin Chamberlain. He says he's a new listener, just started listening this spring training. So we really appreciate that. He's at Ballpark Ben on Twitter. Uh, his first question is, where is your favorite place to sit at Dodger Stadium? And I think between the two of us, we might have 20 different answers here. Yeah, there's a lot of different answers here. I've sat, I've sat everywhere at Dodger Stadium. I've never sat in a suite for like the whole game, but I've been in a suite before. Uh, visiting with some friends when I was there one time. So I've sat everywhere. Uh, you know, it just depends what you're going for. Me personally, I like reserve behind home plate. I like having that little bit of a bird's eye view, seeing the whole field, uh, being able to kind of see everything that's going on and, you know, get the backdrop of, of you know, behind the stadium and everything else. Uh, so like reserve, you know, one preferably, but, you know, anywhere reserve 10 through 9 or 11 uh, is pretty good there. But other than that, you know, Lodge is probably the best overall because you get the best of both worlds. You're close enough, but you also get a little bit of that view. Uh, but for me, it's still it's still reserve. Uh, although back in the day, I will say that right field pavilion was my favorite when they used to have the like, Kenny pavilion, especially early on. It was like 25 bucks. You can get in if you got row and you have that separation. So you have all the space in front of you. Uh, that was definitely a go to for me for a long time. But now I'm a guy, you know, I'll sit anywhere. Um, I will say I like sitting in the press box, but you can't chair in there. So that's uh, one reason that I wouldn't pick that. Yeah, for sure. Press box has a good view. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of stuffy in there. Uh, I mean, my favorite place to sit was in the, the, the Vin Scully press box right behind Joe and Oral for that game on June 5th, 2017. Uh, but I couldn't cheer in there either, but, uh, you know, that was okay. I, growing up, we always sat in left field pavilion, uh, partly cause it was, it was cheap. It was $6 a ticket, uh, partly because they didn't sell alcohol out there back then. And so my parents liked it. It was a, you know, a good place to bring a bunch of kids to a game. And uh, yeah, so we, we sat there and, and I, I really like that view. It's uh, you obviously can't see the action at home plate very well. I've found myself, I kind of like kind of an in-between view, uh, you know, sitting behind home plate is nice, but, but then you, 
don't have a great view of what's going on in the outfield. And so if there is a, you know, I remember I was uh, behind home plate kind of at a game, hmm, 2000, I don't know, 16 or 17, and Jock Peterson robbed a home run. And, you know, I could tell it was a nice catch, but then I had to look up at the board to see replays, you know, and and so sometimes it's nice. And obviously you can't be everywhere, but uh, having a little bit better view of the outfield is fun. When my season tickets used to be down the first baseline, um, so I got really good views of, uh, I remember the diving catch that Cody Bellinger, I think I mentioned this on last night's episode too, this, this catch, I didn't mention my memory of it, but uh, the diving catch he made in a postseason game, it might have been that 18 inning game. Uh, all the, all those games run together, but he did like the Superman dive. And so he was coming from center field towards right field. So I actually had a really good view of that. Uh, and maybe even the same game, Cody caught a ball and threw it out at home. That, uh, was, that was against the Brewers. The, okay. Or no, that was that, that was 18 in the game. I was think. it? Okay. Yeah. I'd have to look, but uh, I know it was that around that time period. And uh, I had a really good view of both of those. Now my seats are, uh, the same basic area except over on the third base side and a little bit down closer to the field. It's a really nice view. Uh, I, I've I've kind of gotten hooked on the ba- baseline club seats uh, between the, the good food and being right there by the action. It's a lot of fun. Um, I, I've sat dugout club a couple times and it's a cool view. I actually don't, you know, obviously I wouldn't turn it down if one of you has dugout club seats and, and you want to give them to me, great. Uh, I wouldn't turn it down, but uh, there's something about sitting there that I wouldn't want to do it every game. Probably. Uh, I've actually never sat top deck for a game. I've been up there, but I've never sat there for a game. I'm afraid of heights. And I feel like I wouldn't enjoy that as much. Uh, but I've sat all over the stadium and I think kind of about where my seats are now is kind of the, the sweet spot for me. I kind of like, I wouldn't mind being maybe two or three sections closer. I'm in section 43 right now. I wouldn't mind being in, you know, 37, 35 somewhere around there uh but uh yeah I'm, I'm pretty happy with those ones yeah your seats are cool i yeah i don't know for whatever reason field level is not my thing in terms of like getting the overall picture and, and view of the game but uh you know it is fun it's occasionally uh at least the people i know that that go with me to games you know to go with me to a dodger game you know that for the most part probably 99 percent of the time I'm not going to get it from my seat. Once I'm sitting, I'm there to watch the game, and that's kind of where we're at. So uh, what I do like is, like, the standing room areas that they have at Dodger Stadium now. They added some behind the pavilions, which are cool. You're a little far out there, but uh, I do like the standing room area just because, like I said, if if I know people that are there, which I usually end up doing, I can just say, hey, if you want to say hi to me, I'm going to be right here. I'm not going to go to you. Uh, There's the right behind home plate on the load section. If you get there early enough, uh, you got to get there really early, like as soon as the gates open. That's a good standing room. That's where uh, the friends and family section is. So you'll see, you know, people that you probably know or follow on social media. You'll see Ellen Kershaw sometimes. That's how I found out Ellen was pregnant last year was you saw Ellen at a a game and you said, uh, don't say this publicly, but I'm pretty sure Ellen's pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. So you you see things like that. Um, So, yeah, I mean, like I said, there's no bad spot at Dodger Stadium, but yeah. you know, just get there wherever you want to sit. I know there, there's a lot more stuff, and we're going to talk about this in the next question of just, you know, with all the renovations and everything else, I think it's done a good job of kind of giving people who are there to watch the game, you know, that's all, that's, you know, when I argue about Dodger Stadium being one of the best stadiums or the best stadium, it's because when I'm there to watch a game, 
there's nothing, you know, you can't beat it. When I, if I want to do other stuff before you could be Dodger Stadium, and even now you can, there's still some stadiums that can be Dodger Stadium that, you know, providing an overall vibe and presence in terms of if you're not a, a diehard baseball fan, but it's very hard for you to just go and watch a baseball game. It's very hard to beat Dodger Stadium. Yeah, absolutely. I remember the first time I went to uh, uh, the old ballpark at Arlington, the, the Rangers previous stadium. Uh, my my when I got married, my in-laws lived in, in the Dallas area. And so we went to a game and I remember thinking like, it's a really cool stadium, but it's almost like it's a museum slash amusement park. And there happens to also being a ba- be a baseball game going on. And uh, Dodger Stadium has always been really good at keeping the focus on baseball. Uh, you and I have sat baseline club together twice. Yeah. And uh, you got to admit, watching Will oh. Smith hit a walk-off homer against the Giants from those seats, that, that was pretty nice. Yeah, that's true. I think for me, it's more about, I well, you you know, yours is, you don't go to as many games, so you can, you know, yeah. have that, you know, whatever money's earmarked is there. Whereas for me before, like, if I'm going to try to go to 30, 40 games a year, I'm just going to sit wherever. So I think that's the main part of it. But yeah, obviously, it's hard to be being down oh. there. The home run to left field from the left field baseline club seats, you can't beat it because you get to be under it and watch it, you know, go out. And uh, I was there for Chris Taylor's walk off in the wild card game, too. And uh, yeah, that's a it, it's a cool view when watching a home run to left field. So, yeah, definitely. All right. We got a couple more questions on Dodge Stadium. But first, let's talk about bet online because betonline.net is your number one source for all betting stats and sports info. For all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, and podcasts, the Lockdown Podcast Network is very happy to be part of BetOnline.net. And this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball, and this weekend, the Run to the Roses as the Kentucky Derby is back. Bet those ponies. BetOnline your continued search for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today, BetOnline.net, on your laptop or mobile device, and learn more about all the trends and all the action going on. Check it all out, and you won't be disappointed. Bet online where the game starts. All right. Let's go on to the next question. Same from Benjamin at Ballpark Ben. He wants to know our favorite feature of the most recent renovation. Sorry, I was muted. Uh, I pulled events there. Um, One of my most favorite... uh, renovations is something you already mentioned which is the the standing room up behind the the pavilions uh just overall what they've done in the pavilions i really like that uh it used to be that you were kind of separated from the rest of the stadium when you were out in in the pavilion and uh, i mean when it was all you can eat in right field that was by design you were separated you know other people couldn't get in uh and but you know when they they shuttle you in there when you get there early for batting practice and stuff you have to be out in the in the pavilion and uh, I feel like they've did a, done a really good job of making that feel more like part of the stadium and a, a cool place to be. Uh, you mentioned that standing room. So on a hot, sunny day when it is, you know, the, the sun beats down on those pavilions, you go up to that shade up there and you can watch the game from up there for a little while. Uh, there's a lot to really like about uh, out there, uh, especially, I mean, that's where the new front door is, is out in center field and, and, you know, with the statues and, and everything, uh, Everything they've done out there in, in the pavilions in that area, I think, is really nice and really enhances the baseball watching experience. And like you said, you know, Dodger Stadium, it's always been focused on we're here to watch a baseball game. And I feel like everything they did there makes that experience better. Yeah. And, and you know, the, the front door of that part, the, 
you know, the, the Disneyland vibes you get when you walk in and, and see that entrance and then, you know, the Blue Heaven on Earth sign, everything else. I think that's aesthetically, that's my favorite part. It makes it look like a newer stadium without having to be one of those newer stadiums. Uh, and, you you know, you get the Dodger Stadium was already one of them, one of, if not the most Instagram place uh, in the world a few years ago. It's probably always going to be remain up there in, in top 10 or whatever, at least in sports for sure. So, you know, that part adds to it in terms of just making it fun. Uh, I do appreciate them adding those elevators because as someone who does sit in reserve a lot of times, uh, depending where you end up parking or, if, or sometimes we take the bus, you got to make the trek up the stairs. You got to decide, do I want to go? The left field side and take all the stairs, but it's closer to where the bus gets off or where I'm parked, maybe, or go the right field way. I got to walk all the way across the field, but then I'm going to have those escalators going from lows to reserve. So uh, I did appreciate that, them allowing you to come in from whatever gate, because, you know, I think, I, well, at least of any of the stadiums I've been to, our stadium was the only one where you had to go through specific gates to where you were sitting. Up until a few years ago, you couldn't even really move around the stadium if you were in reserve. You were in reserve or or you can go up, but you couldn't go back down uh, up until, you know, maybe five, six years ago, maybe a little bit longer. But now you can go around, move about freely. And I like it. And, I, you know, I like the I even though I don't really frequent it, I really like the bar that's under the left field pavilion. They got it's built ready for when sports betting becomes legal in California. Uh, I would assume it would become like a mini sports book in there. Uh, but it's, you know, for those games in the summer, when you get there early, it's nice and cool in there. You, they got food, they got drinks, they have all the TVs on, can watch all the East coast games. Um, I know some people stay in there and watch the game in there. I would never do that, but uh, it's fun for, you know, like I said, it's fun that they've added all these things for people that are not necessarily there for the baseball. And that's, you know, what makes it a difference. So the Dodgers were already getting 40, 40, 50,000 every night. But now you can consistently continue to get that because if you're going for have a good time, you can go to have a good time. If you're going to watch baseball, you can go to watch baseball. If you want to do a little bit of both, you can do a little bit of both. And uh, I just think that whole renovation, the whole part of it of making it accessible to any type of fan is what really, you know, puts it over the top. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it used to be a perk of own, having season tickets that they – uh, they brag you're allowed to go up and down in the stadium at will. Uh, and, uh, you know, you just flash your little card. And now they don't even give us the cards anymore. It's all on the app on the phone. And everybody's allowed to go up and down. Like, I have to share the with the peasants, you know. But, <laughs> I think uh, what do you guys still get. Don't you guys get the Vince Scully lounge still to yourself? Or, I mean, the Tommy Lasorda lounge in right field. You probably I actually don't know. The bar, but yeah, I, I think I you have to get know. the code. It's like a speakeasy. And I think season ticket holders can go get the code in order to be let in. Oh, good to know. I've, uh, yeah, I, I haven't been to a game this year. And, uh, yeah, I, I, like you said, I don't frequent bars. So, uh, all right. Last question from Ben. Uh, he asked, if you could change one thing about Dodger Stadium, what would it be? I mean, it's got to be the parking it's that, and that whole situation, at least to me. Uh, I don't mind the location. I don't, you know, there's a lot of stadiums now that are built into the downtowns of areas, which is obviously. Really cool, really nice, and 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 really can be really fun. Uh, but I do think I don't know. I don't know what the difference is between now and back in the day. Because when I was a kid, I remember you know Dodger Stadium used to be fifty six thousand full capacity, and it still used to fill up forty fifty thousand. You know, on big nights, maybe thirty forty thousand on lower nights. And I remember going to a lot of Dodger games as kids, and I don't remember it taking that long to get out of the parking lot. 
obviously there's a lot more cars on the road in general. So getting out like onto the freeway, that that might be part of it. But for whatever reason, uh, it takes forever. I don't like that they, you know, you kind of have, you can't, like before you used to, I used to know which gate to go into to where I want to park. And I think now they're starting to do it a little bit more, which is a little bit more consistent uh, if you have like general parking. But it's a matter of, you know, if, if, if I knew, if people knew exactly where to go, you know, based on where they're sitting, be a lot easier. It's just, it's very, I just think the whole parking is all jacked up and, and, you know, even the part of where they probably park you, like they park you right next to the other cars right away, where if they went every other car, let people get out and have space. And then the next car comes in, it works a lot better. Uh, so yeah. And then, the, you know, when you're stuck in the parking lot after a game, um, and then there's no service because everybody's trying to be on their phone. So then you're just kind of stuck in like, it feels like the olden time. So I think parking is where I would go for that. I respect that. And honestly, you, you said it's obvious. It didn't even cross my mind because I, uh, you know, I figured out five or six years ago, probably six or seven years ago, early on in my time as season ticket holder, uh, I, I pay a little extra. I buy the, the reason or the, the preferred parking for the season too. And I have that down to an art in the last seven, six years, the longest I've sat in the parking lot after, after a game is six minutes. And that's, you know, I've been to world series games, opening day games, everything I've got down to an art. So, uh, if any of you are, uh, going to a game, feel free to hit me up and I'll, I'll tell you some of my secrets about, about how to park. Uh, I won't tell you all my secrets because the secret is to pay extra $15, which well, but I'm not going to do. I'm not going to do. Even people sitting in, uh, you know, it, there, there's more to it than that, but yeah, that definitely does help. You pay the extra for the preferred parking. For me, the the thing I would do to improve Dodger Stadium would be the food. Uh, you know, it's it's not great food. You know, like I said, I've been to 29 of the current stadiums. I've been to four others that are no longer in use. So I've been to 33 major league stadiums, and uh, Dodger Stadium food is definitely in the bottom half of those. Uh, you know, you, you don't necessarily, and maybe that's why this one didn't cross your mind because you don't really eat at the stadium. You eat beforehand and, you know. Which is it, why that, that needs to be yeah. improved. Yeah, and so uh, it's, uh, yeah, the San Diego, great food at their stadium. And, and you know, Petco Park, other than the, the garbage team that plays there, uh, it, it's a really nice stadium down there in San Diego, and they do a lot of things right. Uh, I still like Dodger Stadium more, of course, even – not factoring for teams, but uh, yeah, I feel like there's so much good food in Southern California. It's kind of sad that they haven't figured out a way to get more of that into Dodger Stadium. Uh, it seems like they they ought to be able to do that, whether it's you know food trucks or you know something or just bringing in different things. And I think they're trying to do that with their Taco Tuesday this year. I think they're going through a variety of of local taco places or or whatever uh, on each Tuesday home game. Um, and so maybe that'll be a start. And they obviously they added a lot more restaurants. They have a Shake Shack there now, uh, which, you know, Shake Shack's expensive even when it's not at a baseball stadium. I assume it is an arm and a leg at Dodger Stadium. Uh, but, you know, it, the food's good. Uh, but, yeah, it, a lot more and better food options would be definitely top of my list, I think. Yeah, that's true. Like I said, it didn't cross my mind just because – and it makes it would make sense for it to cross it. The reason I don't eat there is because they don't have good food. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think San Diego specifically does a good job of getting San Diego places into the stadium. They have the Hodads, you know, for burgers. They have Lucha Libre. 
Uh, they have a couple other ones. They have the, I think the pizza place, uh, whatever it's called, Pizza Port. I think um, they, in, you know, integrate that in. You know, San Diego is a great food city, and they integrate that into it. Um, and I think that, you know, Dodge Stadium. I know they try every year and they add new things and everything else, but I do think that, you know, that it's almost like a complete overhaul would be needed to even get on my radar or to even make me want to try uh, to, you know eat there or, or make an effort to eat there just because, you know, the stuff they had is cool, but, you know, other than wanting to try it or, or whatever, I don't, I think there's a lot more food around that even within five miles of the stadium that can beat anything that's in there. And it's pretty hard to, you know, change people's minds. I know the Dodger dog is famous, uh, but you know, there's nothing other than the Dodger dog, there's really nothing famous at Dodger Stadium for you to eat. People always, that's one of the main questions I get asked for people going out there for the first time or or whatever. And I say, I always tell them, go eat. I was like, you can have the Dodger Dog for the fact of having a Dodger Dog. But if not, I, there's, I'll give you a list of places to go eat even around the stadium because it just doesn't bring much to the table. Yeah, and even the Dodger Dog. The only good thing about Dodger Dog is it means you're at Dodger Stadium. You know, as far as ballpark hot dogs go, it's middle of the pack at best too you know it's just a it's a hot dog and, and you know it's not bad because hot dogs are never bad but uh there, there's nothing special about it except it means you're at dodger stadium if you're the kind of person who buys a dodger dog at ampm i don't understand you because you're not at dodger stadium when you're at ampm and you know you could get one i would buy them on the way to dodge stadium sure yeah stuff it in your pocket and take it in yeah, yeah. well they don't, yeah they, they don't i've seen people taking full little caesar's pizza so like you know i think that's the one thing that does help and that you do see at Dodge Stadium is people buying food from around like other uh, local eateries and eating it in there. There's a uh, Jack in the Box on Sunset that I drive past every time I'm coming into the stadium. So uh, maybe, maybe I'll hit that next time. Yeah. Uh, staying on food, I will say if you're going to Dodge Game this year and if you like tacos, they've been setting up there before the game. So you can go before uh, or definitely after. Angels Tijuana Taco sets up right down on Sunset. Uh, or he saw those is that a little bit further down towards Figueroa. That's one of the best tacos in LA right now. So I would say I would recommend that. Uh, not at Dodge Stadium, but it's near Dodge Stadium. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, all right, Jeff, anything else you want to add? No, I was just looking back to our National League West conversation earlier. Did you know that I'm pretty sure the opening week, opening day series between the Dodgers and the Rockies? is the only games that the Rockies have played against a team that's over 500. I did not know that. Yeah, since then, they've played Rangers, Cubs, Phillies, Tigers, Phillies, Reds, and then Nationals. So, uh, yeah, that, I, I think that tells you all you need to know about whether the, the Rockies are for real. You know, We'll see what happens when they start playing. They play the Giants next week starting on Monday. So that will uh, be a little bit of a test for them and, and start to see. So. Yeah, we'll talk about that next week if, if they do happen to uh, you know impress us. But uh, for this weekend, the Dodgers are in Chicago. Got some early games on the schedule, midday games or early midday, early after, before afternoon, Friday, Saturday. I think they're the Sunday night game on Sunday. So I look forward to all the complaints about the broadcasting on Sunday night. That's always fun. Yeah, but uh, that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for making Lockdown Dodgers your first listen of the day every day. Make sure to check out Locked On MLB for another listen uh, with our buddy Paul Francis Sullivan, a.k.a. Sully, bringing you stuff from around the MLB and bringing on some of the Locked On hosts sometimes. I know Jeff's been on there before, so check it out. 
that's going to do it for us. Uh, make sure to follow us social media, Twitter and Instagram at Locked on Dodgers. DMs are open on those accounts. DMs are also open on our personal accounts. Jeff is at Snydog. I'm at Vince Samperio. Other ways to get a hold of us are email LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com or voicemail text at 323-863-5625. We're here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be with us when you get in your car or if you're at home. Search Smart Device Play Podcast, Locked On Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. Have a good one. We'll talk to you on Monday.